Welcome to another edition of the Backdoor Cover, the weekly Ivy Sports uh, gambling podcast with your host, myself, Keith Fleming, and the gambling guru, Ivy Yeezus, a.k.a. Actively Lazy, a.k.a. Allen. Uh, this is a very special edition of the Backdoor Cover. We will be going over the big game. This is all about the Super Bowl. We're going to discuss the Chiefs versus Niners matchup, give our winner, and then for the people that love to gamble, we're going to go pretty much over every single prop bet uh, there is, uh, tell you the ones we like, dislike, uh, et cetera. And then we're going to end the podcast because we think it would only be right with everything going on. Uh, just discuss Kobe Bryant a little bit and kind of what he means uh, to both myself and, and Alan and just, uh, you know, it's, it's been definitely a sad time, uh, for the sports world and the world in general. Uh, so we're going to do that on the back end, not to, uh, ruin some of the, uh, fun that's coming up this Sunday. Alan, how you doing, buddy? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm, I'm doing good. Uh, we're going to start. You want to start with the actual game, talk about it, then we'll get to all these prop bets? Yeah, we can start with the game. <laughs> it's a hard game uh, to call, man. I mean, I I can see it going either way, and I'm trying to take the fan in it, of uh, the fan in me out of it. Um, I think that um, a lot of times history has shown – and when a really good defense comes into a Super Bowl against a really good offense, the defense prevails. And uh, I'm going to stick with that notion. I think that the Niners have what it takes up front to to give Patty some fits. Um, the Chiefs are going to score, but will they finish drives as efficiently against such a, a, a powerful rush and, and a good defensive unit. I think that's one of the things that's not talked about enough is that the, the Niners are more than just Bosa, obviously. They're more than just Sherman. Um, they are one cohesive unit, um, and, and I think they all play well together. They trust each other, and that goes a long way because it's going to take a team effort to, to slow down this offense. And when you have trust like that in, in your teammates and, and you guys have been through numerous battles, and, and faced uh, some adversity along the way um, in the sense that they had the battle just to get the one seed. And um, I just feel like it's, it's their time, man. I mean, I've been saying all year, you know, catch lightning in a bottle and things like that. And, and I, I think this is, this is it right here, man. I mean, this is the, the climax of, of a season that I don't think anybody foresaw, um, but, but the Niners have earned that one seed and I, and I think they can pull it off here. Um, also, um, what makes me want to take the Niners too is that uh, Andy Reid, man, he just just finds a way to trick up big games, man. It's just always been his mo. Uh, people want to put that on Kyle, but I, I think Kyle has uh, learned enough out of uh, out of that debacle that happened in um, in Atlanta, and I think he can come through. I mean, Kyle's in his bag; he's been in his bag for a while. So I think he he pulls it off. I um I, I've been going back and forth. And real quick before we get into this, I wanted to mention the line right now is the the Chiefs minus two. So you're getting two points by taking the Niners. I also wanted to say that 
all of these lines are from our sponsor, MyBookie. Uh, you will find more bets this week on MyBookie than you will ever. If you just go under the Niners-Chiefs game, the prop bets alone are outrageous. Use the promo code IBSports. Uh, and, and seriously, check it out, especially if you're going to do some wager on this game. It's the game that the most wagering is done by far. I, I'm with you. Like, my head has told me all along and my eyes that the Niners are the best team in football. I think I told you on this podcast when we went into the playoffs, at least I know by the time we were in the divisional round that I felt like the Niners were a step above. I said last week on the podcast that I felt like they're maybe the best top-to-bottom roster I can remember seeing in quite some time. Uh, Definitely the Seahawks deserve consideration uh, that won the Super Bowl and then went back the next year. Uh, But, I mean, other than that, there's been a lot of teams with, with a lot of flaws. And there's really not any flaws with the Niners. Uh, I've been really impressed uh, with Shanahan. Um, I, I'm with you that I think it's unfair to kind of blame him for something when he wasn't the head coach to where Andy Reid was the head coach. He has numerous clock management uh, fiascos. He, he started to do it again last week. They They won so easily at the end that it wasn't really talked about, but he had three timeouts. He made some puzzling decisions. Uh, Greg, I mean, they got so many weapons. Kittles, Debo Samuel, the three-headed running back. Uh, and, and then Jimmy G, some of the stats that I saw today where, yes, he hasn't been asked to do a lot, but when he has been asked to do something, he's came through. Time and time again this season, he's been really good in fourth quarter, especially in close games. Having said all that, though, Sometimes you just got to trust your gut, and I just think it's Andy Reid's year. I, I think that the Chiefs are a franchise that it's been 50 years uh, since they've even been to a Super Bowl, and I just think the way everything laid out this year, uh, it reminds me a lot of the Colts, the year they won the Super Bowl for the first time with Peyton Manning and how the matchups kind of fell their way. Uh, the defense played a lot better. And then on top of that, I know I'm getting Patrick Mahomes, who is by far the best player in the game, despite everything that my, like, gut – or excuse me, not my gut, but, like, my brain and my eyes are telling me that the Niners are better and you're getting two points, which that's a big key too. Uh, I think I'm taking the Chiefs just flat out because I just think it's their year and sometimes in sports – that stuff happens, and I think Mahomes is going to be great. I think it's going to be a really competitive game. One of my favorite prop bets, and we'll get in, uh, to it in a minute, is the game by, uh, you know, one by six or more compared to any other result for both teams. It, it doesn't make sense to me because I think this is going to be a really competitive back-and-forth game. Uh, so I'm going to go with the Chiefs. And like I said, I know it's kind of crazy with basically everything I said <laughs> was pro Niners, but I just – you give it be Patrick Mahomes, and I just think sometimes guys like Andy Reid, it, it's kind of like Dick Grimmel when he won the Super Bowl with the Rams. There was such a long period. I think he's the only coach that had a longer period in between Super Bowls. And sometimes things just go your way. And if you remember, they beat that Titans team, you know, by on the one-yard line, and, and it may be something similar to that. But I just think the Chiefs are going to find a way to win. Yeah. <clears throat> 
I don't know, man. Like I said, I I think I think history has shown that the better defense usually comes through, um, and, and that's what I'm banking on uh, with my Niners pick. I mean, the the Chiefs, the Chiefs, like their offense is incredible. Um, their defense is solid as well, but but there are some some hiccups along the way, and then also. What kind of hurts the what I see could potentially hurt the Chiefs is that they have started out a little slow in, in all their playoff games. Like think about it, they were down uh, against the Titans, they were down against the Texans. Um, Terrible you know, first quarters. You, yeah, so you think if they get down behind a team that runs the ball as much as the Forty ers have done this year with the defense that the Forty ers have. Um, how do you how do you come back from that? You know, and, and and I mean, if anybody could do it, it would be the that was uh, gonna be my counter. It would be the Chiefs. It would be the Chiefs. But I mean, how often can you do that though? And and, and I think that's something that needs to be considered when people are, are thinking about the Chiefs. If they start slow, I mean, the Niners aren't a team. They're not a they're a team you can come back on. But I think the only team has really come back and beat them this year was the Seahawks with Russell Wilson. And, and I mean, he's always had that magic against the Niners. I mean, I, I don't know. It, it just doesn't it doesn't sit right for me in my gut. And it's not me talking as a fan. I'm, I'm thinking as a gambler as well. It just doesn't sit right for me. Um, a team that has been as polished and, con, and uh, consistent as the Niners have been over the last two months of football and a team like the Chiefs who, who've been – explosive offensively and had their moments, but kind of been playing from behind in a couple of their games. It's, it's just one of those things that just makes me a little nervous. So I'm going to, I'm going to stay with the Niners. Um, I would actually take the money line. I mean, you're getting two points. That's what I was going to actually ask you. Like it's really nothing. I mean, it's it's $10 of juice, man. So just take a money line Uh, over under at 55 and a half. I mean, I would say this. If you think the Chiefs are going to win, it's going over. If you think the Niners are going to win, then it's potentially going under. And and I think a lot of Super Bowls historically have went under. I would have to double check on that. Um, but I don't think a lot of them go over. And also, they don't. Um, I was going to say the, the Niners had it. Uh, they felt the um, earthquake. In Miami, so their hotel was evacuated. Um, so keep an eye on that as well. And, you know, the one thing that does scare me a little bit, and this goes two ways typically in Super Bowls, was this year, I don't know if you ever pay attention to Media Day, but I did. And it was kind of shocking how boisterous and confident the Chiefs look, which sometimes that can be a good thing. Sometimes that's a, do you really realize what you're about to get into? But what was to me more impressive was how businesslike the Niners were for a team that really doesn't have a lot of guys. I mean, technically, I know Jimmy G's won two Super Bowls, but I mean, he didn't really have a lot to do with either one of those. Uh, And Sherman's obviously played in some, but they don't have a lot of guys with Super Bowl experience, I guess Sanders has also been to a couple, uh, but they just they look very businesslike, and I'm always just curious to see I mean, body language, to see how teams are, you know, kind of 
preparing for the Super Bowl or their mindset. And to me, it seemed like one team looked almost a little overconfident and the Niners looked like somebody that was just ready to go to work. I mean, there's a, there's some, some pedigree on the Niners and, and their players and the college upbringing and things like that. Like, I think collectively there's enough big game experience. Obviously none of them outside of the few that you named have been in the Super Bowl, but I, I think, um, Sherman has been a great leader for this team, um, and I think a lot of them follow his suit. I'm sure he's talked to people. Jimmy G, I'm sure he's talked to people as well. And I, and I think what you see in the Niners as a, as a team is um, I, I think behind the scenes there are leaders in play. Um, even even Joe Staley. Joe Staley's been on the Super, been on the Super Bowl before he oh, was no, there you're when right. we played yep. the Ravens. Yeah, so, like, there's enough collective leadership at the top to, to really get these young guys focused. And, and at the end of the day, the Niners are still playing with the chip on their shoulder, you know, and that might be part of the reason why nobody's really saying much. They just, it's like when you go, when you're the, the challenge and you've worked so hard to get to this moment, the only thing you want to talk about is the actual fight. Like the only thing you really want to do is, is play ball. Like uh, I think Alshon Jeffries was a good example of that a couple of years ago, or when the Eagles won the Super Bowl, or last year when the Eagles won the Super Bowl. Was it last year? The year before last. The year before last when the Eagles Two won the Super ago. Bowl. Um, yeah, he they asked him questions. And he was like, "Look, man, I'm, I'm just here to play football," you know. And and I think that's really what a lot of the Niners are are. Like their mentality is right now. If if you want to see somebody having fun, you want to talk to somebody that's gonna give you some sound bites. Kittles is your guy. <laughs> He's just that's yep. just who he is. Uh, but like you know, both and the rest of these guys, like they they're just ready to play. And and I mean, I think you can't. Re- I guess you could read into that some, but I don't really know. I, the Chiefs are are good enough that. The swag that they bring, the, the stuff that they talk, especially from like uh, Clark. Clark's been running his mouth all week, but like oh, yeah. he backed it up. You know, he he made fun of D Ford and things like that. And I mean, I guess on the other side of it, if you're D Ford and the rest of the Niners, you're not really listening to him. But I mean, some people need to talk to get themselves amped up. You know, that's that's just how they play. I, I wouldn't look into it too much. Like, oh, they're they're getting scared. They gotta they gotta boost themselves up to be confident. I just would. I mean, it is what it is. At, at, at this point, right. everybody knows what you can do. There's one game left. Win or go home. I mean, this is what you basically put your season on the line for. Like, and this is – especially the Chiefs, this is everything that you wanted. Like, the Chiefs wanted to get back to this position. So, maybe they do feel a little bit overconfident because they didn't have to play the Patriots this time. And they, they got home field advantage, and they, and they came back on the last two teams that they played. I mean, honestly, the Chiefs – I mean, they've scored like sixty-something points in a row, basically. Before, well, I guess, I guess if you don't count that first drive, uh, they're the averaging Titans, forty-three like, points in their two playoff yeah, games. They literally, they literally score at will, and and um, I guess they they have every right to feel confident. So, um, I I wouldn't read too much into it. I think in a game like this. You look at uh, a little bit of historical data and the fact that defenses travel in Super Bowls, generally defenses travel. I think the best example I can give somebody is when the um, when the Seahawks played the Broncos. And I know Peyton Manning obviously was not the Peyton Manning of old, 
Um, but the idea was that this was a really good offense that was going to go up against a really good defense, and and that really good defense just came out and smacked them in the mouth and obliterated them. And um, I, I I don't want I don't think I don't think anybody can obliterate the Chiefs. But again, the idea is if they start slow and the Niners get up two or three scores, they've got enough offense to 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 keep up with the scoring, and then the Chiefs have enough offense to come back. But, again, the Niners have enough offense to finish the game on top if they're spotted 17 to, to 21 points. I honestly can't see the Absolutely. Chiefs getting down like against the, the Texans and expecting to come back on the defense like oh, this. No. And the Niners, have, the Niners have already had their shot this year with the, with the Saints. And showing that they can they can stick it to people offensively if the defense doesn't show up. So again, have we seen the Chiefs stick it to somebody that that really had a really good defense? No. I'm trying to think of their schedule. I, I don't know. I can't think of anybody off the top of my head. And then they didn't play any real. If you want to call the defense, Pats, they 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 did play really well against the Pats again this okay. year. But I mean, the Pats exactly. defense was. Right. Okay. So just some other I mean, things before we get into the props. Uh, that I, I, A, I want to tell you, did you say you did like the under? Um, it's, it's, it's a situational thing. If you think the Chiefs are going to win, I would probably take the over. Um, if you think the Niners are going to win, then I would look at the under. But historically speaking, uh, Super Bowls tend to go under, if if um, I recall. And a lot of that is due to conservative play calling, uh, the filling out period in the first half or so. And that that was what I was going to say, is I'm actually one of the people that's doing exactly what you don't suggest. I would take the Chiefs. And then also I'd still like the under, uh, just some stuff I read earlier. San Francisco averaged 30 points a game. That's something that has been forgotten in all this. They actually averaged more points per game. Uh, then the Chiefs, the Chiefs averaged 28. And then in the playoff games, the Chiefs averaged 43, the Niners 32. So you would think that they would just, you know, kill the over-under. But it's, as you were saying, four out of the last seven Super Bowls, the under is hit. People forget last year the Rams and the Pats was a 55-and-a-half number. That was two really good offenses playing in a dome. And we remember the snooze fest it was. Traditionally, the but first quarter a lot is of very that, slow in Super Bowls. Go I was ahead. Say, last year, a lot of that also had to play into um, into my guy um, McVay. McVay, I, I talked about this with Ronnie. <clears throat> McVay did not call the game that he should have called in that first half at all. Um, it was very simple. I think some of that was because Todd Gurley was was literally a non-factor and they couldn't really they couldn't really use them like they wanted to so they kind of were were hampered a little but I I mean even even the the route combinations and the way he attacked the Patriots defense like the Patriots defense was challenging him to to really go vertical to to stretch their defense and 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 try to get guys in space give them the ball and, and see what they could do with yards after the catch and he kept it very basic, um, and I don't know if some of that was because he didn't believe in Jared Goff or, like I said, the injury to Todd Gurley. I don't expect to see any of that uh, simplicity in approach from um, from Kyle Shanahan at all. Uh, he's been very aggressive in, in, his, in the first quarters and in, in, in the first half of all his games. Um, I would say if there was a conservative approach, 
Uh, it might come from Andy because he's been known to do that from there time to time go. in these big games. And um, that would that would scare me a little. But it's one of those things. If you take the over, you're gonna know in the second half, and that's generally when the when the uptick of scoring will will really pick up for the Chiefs. Um, they could fall back into that uh, clock management style that they had against the Titans. But given the defense and the way the, the 49ers play on defense, um, I don't think they're going to sit back on their heels. They, they're going to try to keep scoring. Um, and then the other thing uh, as well that I wanted to point out, um, I was going to say with the Niners defense, I think I talked about this um, in the game against the, the Packers too. I think we had talked about the over-under. And I was like, well, I mean, that team just literally held the Vikings to six first down, and then they literally just obliterated uh, Aaron Rodgers and, and that squad, uh, you would be – I think anybody logically would be scared to, to go up against a defense like the Niners and bet the over. Um, but in the sense that this game is really the last game, you're going to get some desperation out of, out of coaches and, and, and players at some point. So, again, if you want to take it, don't be discouraged because I don't like it. Um, by all means, shoot your shot. Um, you, I think you got a 50-50 chance. You know, it's not something that's going to be far-fetched where I'm like, you're crazy for taking this. Like, no. By all means, if you don't agree, definitely uh, shoot your shot at it. And then just hedge it live. If, if, Like I said, second half, the scoring will probably pick up. So don't panic if you don't get the points that you think you need in the first half. Just keep an eye on how the third quarter is flowing and then uh, do your hedge at that time. And and just to further your point, the over under the the odds are the exact same. They're both at minus one ten. Whether you take the over or the under, and just speaking to your point about, you know, especially early starts. I actually think it's going to be a slow start. It typically is in the Super Bowl. I look back. I think at the last fifteen Super Bowls, and there was quite a mixture of quarters that were the highest scoring for one of the props that we're going to get to here in a little bit. Ironically, the first quarter was not the highest scoring quarter in any of those 15 Super Bowls. It was mostly the second, the third, and then your occasional fourth. Uh, and I think that really does get into – it's a big fight. You know what I mean? This is a big deal, a big matchup. There's going to be a real filling out early, I think kind of a chess match, especially with these two. And I actually do think the Chiefs are going to be a little bit more conservative only because I just think that they look their most dangerous to me in the entire playoffs last week when they came out in the second half, believe it or not, against the Titans, and they were picking up, you know, four or five yards rushing every time they ran the ball. And then obviously then if you can play action pass with Patrick Mahomes and those, you know, receivers that they have, you could run it five times and then have a 50-yard pass play like it's nothing. Uh, just because of that, I am going to take the under. So I'm going to, again, this is our all lines from my bookie, we're going to go through these. Uh, I'm not going to obviously go over all of them. One of the first ones I saw was interesting, and I wanted to ask you about this. So game results. The 49ers by six or more is plus 140. The Chiefs by six or more is plus 120. Any other result, which is a close game, and most Super Bowls in recent history have been close, like within six points. I think it was five out of the last mm -hmm. like 10 or 11. is plus 160. Why do you think with two teams that are pretty evenly matched that they're expecting a win by six or more on both sides? 
where the odds are lower uh, me, for that. I mean, I think that's just respect to the play callers and Andy Reid and Kyle Shanahan. Like, I mean, Andy gets in his bag. He's very good. I mean, he's one of the best. I mean, I, I'd say very good was kind of an insult. It's an understatement. Uh, he's one of the best when he's in his bag. Kyle Shanahan is, is obviously one of the best as well. Um, and that's not just with his stint with the 49ers. I mean, you just look at his success as an offensive coordinator at uh, places that he's been. Uh, generally, those teams score points. Um, at some point, I think because of the creativity of the offenses, I would say that Ozmakers, um are anticipating that somebody's going to wear down defensively at some point, and, and um, we're going to get a result of a, a touchdown or more. Okay, because, I mean, just the interesting thing, sort of looking uh, at the the Niners' schedule, if you look at it, most of their games against what you would call, I guess, equal opponents, teams that are on their level, the games were really close during the regular season. Uh, You know, I go back to, obviously, the Saints game, which that was a shootout. Uh, and then also they had the Seahawks for the first time. They lost by three. And, you know, you talked about the Ravens game. They lost by three in Baltimore. The Saints game was a two-point loss. Uh, the Rams week 16, three-point. And then the Seahawks again week 17, which was a win, which was five points. Uh, you know, it, it, of course, it again is scaring me with the pick I made. They know how to win close games. I mean, the only losses they have in that bunch is at Baltimore in a game that's tailor-made for Baltimore. You know, it was raining, it was pouring, it was cold, it was on the road. And then, obviously, the Seahawks is is a game that, as you said, they're rivals. You can pretty much throw everything out the window. I just – that was one of the ones that was really interesting to me, that you're actually getting the the best odds on a game that, you know, is close. And, again, the Super Bowl has been – historically, at least in the last decade, pretty close. So let's go to the first score method and tell me, or actually before we get out of there, which of those would you would would you like? 49ers by six or more plus 140, Chiefs by six or more plus 120, any other result plus 160? I would probably take any other result. I, I think it's going to be a close that's game. That's, that's yeah. the one I like as well. So – All right, so the first score method, this was also kind of interesting to me. 49ers touchdown plus 210, 49ers field goal plus 350. Any other 49ers score, uh, that's going to be a defensive or special teams plus 3,700. A Chiefs touchdown is plus 190. Chiefs field goal is plus 300. Any other Chiefs score, again, defensive or special teams plus 3,700. Which of those do you like? Uh. Well, I don't think anybody's going to score on defense first. Although, if there, there's an interception prop, give it to Jimmy G first, or he could. I mean, he would either throw an interception or fumble it. But I don't think anybody's <laughs> going to score defensive touchdown first. Um, what were the What were the um, the other so, props? Like, so not the defense. About, give me the. Uh, so the forty nine. Give me the offense. TD is plus two ten. 49ers field uh-huh. goal is plus 350. The Chiefs touchdown is plus uh-huh. 190, and the Chiefs field goal is plus 300. Because I like the field right, goal, go, honestly. I was going to say, I'm going to go a little contrarian here. 
I'm going to take field goals, uh, and I'm going to take the Niners to get a field goal first. Uh, one, because, like I said, historically, over the course of the playoffs, the Chiefs have started slow, um, and they've yep. gotten down. And then Andy Andy just comes out really vanilla, man, on those first drives. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't even be surprised if it was like a three and out on the first drive for the Chiefs. And then the Niners go down, and, and they drive. I would like to think that that they would buckle down. The Chiefs would buckle down a little in the red zone, and the play calling again should be somewhat more conservative than what we've been seeing uh, from Kyle Shanahan. Maybe attacking aggressive to a point, but not trying to show your whole hand per se. And uh, I think he would settle for three on the first drive. And at three to one odds, it's not that bad of a play. Um, and and I think that's what I'm envisioning will will happen in the game, so I would take that. Um, but in these scenarios when you're doing these bets, you want to spread it around a little bit because anything can happen. So if you think the Niners, like right. I think the Niners are going to get a field goal, but I also think the Niners generally are going to score first, so I'd put some on the field goal, put some on the touchdown. And what's interesting is wasn't there like a three-year stretch where there was a safety in the Super Bowl? Because I know you usually can get really good odds on a safety at any point of the game. And I'm pretty sure there was, like, either three in a row or three out of four Super Bowls, you know, kind of to your point that anything could happen. There actually was a safety in the Super Bowl. So you can look for creative ways. And, you know, again, some of these odds are outrageous. So let's get to total rushing yards because I thought this was interesting. First, let's just – where do you think each team roughly – should be or will be at the end of the game in total team rushing yards. Total team rushing yards. And then I'll give yards. you some odds. Right. Uh, rushing just... I mean, that's a good That's a good question. I, I know um, Patrick Mahomes ain't running for no, like, 50-yard touchdown on the Niners. He can right. get his head knocked yep. off. Because, uh, <laughs> I, I mean, our secondary hits, man. I give them credit for that. If they don't do anything, they hit. Um, I would say the Niners would probably be – like we're talking team total, right? Correct. Yeah. Niners should Niners should be around around like two ten ish, maybe. Um, and then the the Chiefs team total because they're not generally a running team, and the Niners run defense is pretty good. I could see them being around like maybe like one twenty. Okay, so then this is where the, the Chiefs odds, it's a mixed bag, because basically until you get up to 170 yards, or excuse me, from 80 yards basically, from 0 to 80, it's in 20-yard increments, and then again starting at 171 up, it's 20, and even in the, some places 30-yard increments, and the odds vary. So for the Niners, if you're you're saying basically somewhere in that, say, 190 230 range. Here are the odds. Tell me which one you like the best. 171 to 190 is plus 1400. 191 to 210 is plus 1800. 211 oh, to damn. 230 is plus 2000. <laughs> and 231 to 250 is plus 2000. On the other end, the highest odds are obviously the, I just don't see any way the Niners don't rush this much, but you got like 21 to 40 yards is 3000. The lowest odds are right around the 120 to 140 range. 121 to 130 is plus 700, and 131 to 140 is plus 700. But, again, obviously, it's smaller margins kind of in that bread and butter range. 
So which one of those, because I know you, you said you like the higher ones. I kind of like the 171 to 190 plus 1400 because I do think the Niners are going to try to control the clock and run the ball. And, it, I mean, even if you think it's just going to be a close game like I do and think the Chiefs are going to win, the Niners are going to run a lot, I think, to do that. Uh, I like that one at plus 1400. Like I said, though, it gets all the way up to where if you're really thinking it's going to be 190 to 210 plus 1800, I mean, that's really good odds, right? I will, I will say this, too. Um, I've seen uh, games where Kyle has come out and he's been more pass-oriented more than, than run-oriented. Um, and I think the biggest game that stands out to me um, with that idea was um, the Saints game. And some of that was dictated by the fact that the Saints were scoring. Um, but the Niners get what what we term chunk plays on the ground. So uh, I think I might have talked about this briefly during an analysis of the Titans offense at times too, or the, or the Ravens. It really fits the Ravens, where the offense gets so such a high average on the ground with their rushing attempts that it's just as effective as passing because they're getting six to seven yards of carry. Now, the Chiefs, defensively, especially with how they attack people on defense, they, they do a lot of um, gap control, and, and they can show tendencies of aggression um, on the run. And what they generally do is, is they stop guys in the backfield. So it's like all or nothing. Either the Chiefs stop you in the backfield or you're getting four yards of carry. Um, I think there will be such an emphasis on stopping the run against the 49ers, and Kyle knows that, that we'll probably see a little bit more play action and a little bit more creativity, um, and then uh, just to open up the run game. So I don't – I think if you play – if you play the the rushing yards for the Niners, you might want to take the lower end of the total uh, just because it'll probably come later in the game. I don't think it'll be something that they're going to – that they're going to – I mean, if they – what what range are you saying for lower than yards, so we, huh? we understand? What uh, range the, the are you saying for like 20 one, yards? The, the one that you were saying – so you were saying like there was one that was like plus 700. I think There's it was like one, 121. The one, the, yeah, so basically you can get 121 to 130 or 131 to 140, mm-hmm. both for plus 700. Let me get the 121 to 130. Let me get that. And it I has like to it. land in that – it can't, it can't go higher. Yeah, that's why so I'm saying I actually like just your instincts there. I really like yeah. your instincts yeah. there saying, the, you know, that 190 range. Like, I think the 171 to 1, it's plus 1,400, and you're getting at least 20 yards there. And if you're just going to make yeah. a small uh, wager just for fun, you know, I like that. Yeah. Because I think they I are going to need to run a lot to, to win. And definitely that's – honestly, when you're doing the Super Bowl props, I'm telling you that is the best way to go. You have to spread it out. Um, I wish I could pull up what I did last year. But, I mean, I did player props, and, I, and I mean, I went all over the place because, I mean, you have to you have to spread it out. But also understand, too, that a lot of times these games don't play out the way that you think they'll play. I mean, teams have an entire year of film on you. Um, so if they see you run the ball 30, 35 times – and they're going to try to make you pass, you know. Um, I think any good defense tries to make you do something that you're not comfortable with. And the, the common um, the common thing being said around the league and, and on shows is that Jimmy G's a game manager. He can't really win by passing. He has to, you know, depend on the run game. And so with that being said, one, Kyle loves to get Jimmy going early. 
and and then reestablish the run game if he can. And then two, I think the Chiefs are going to try to make him have to pass, and they're going to bring more pressure uh, to try to make him uncomfortable because Jimmy kind of stands in the pocket a little too long and holds on to the ball too long from time to time. And so I, I really think we might see uh, spin on the game early on before the teams get comfortable, and then they establish what they do best. I like that. Real quickly, let's go over the highest scoring quarter because I did do some research on this as it played out, and I told you the first quarter literally in the last 15 years has not been the highest scoring quarter. That's plus 500. Second quarter is plus 170. Fourth quarter is plus 210. And for me, the third quarter stands out at plus 470 because over those 15, I think the second quarter was like six or seven. It was by four the most. Second, though, was the third quarter, which is four or five. I know you have two good coaches that are going to make adjustments, and that's going to make it a little bit difficult. But I also think that makes it the most likely that maybe they see something on the other side and they draw up a few plays that are going to just, you know, with both of these teams, the ability to have big scores. When you're getting those kind of odds, and I don't like the first quarter because we've gone over all the reasons that's normally not a high-scoring quarter, when you're getting that much better odds at plus 470 in the third compared to plus 170 in the second and plus 210 in the fourth, I, I like that one. Do you like any of those particularly? I mean, I like the third quarter um, because, like, I, I I feel like the Chiefs usually come out play more aggressive in the third quarter. Um, kind of like what we see in the, in the NBA when the Warriors are healthy – um, I know me and Corey follow a, th- a third quarter prop a lot of times with the Warriors. The really good offensive teams, pretty much in every sport uh, that has a halftime, the really good offensive teams come out and establish themselves the very first possession and on in the second half, kind of to to really drive the point home. And then they take their foot off the gas in the fourth because they have a lead. So there's a little bit more urgency from offensive-minded teams coming out at halftime. Um, to to add more points, and I think that's why a lot of times we see teams like the Chiefs and 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 even the Niners, they're they're good at adding on points as well coming out of the uh, the half. So the temptation is on the second quarter because if they do start slow in the first quarter, um, right. you would think that a drive a drive would come late in the first quarter, and then you would start um, with somebody close to scoring position. Um, in the second quarter, and that adds an opportunity for an extra score because you also have the two-minute warning as well, people using timeouts, trying to add points on at the end, whereas in the third quarter, if somebody's got like two minutes left or something like that and they're driving, they might take their time and let it roll into the fourth. I think that's something that people don't really consider in the second and fourth quarters. It's it's tricky because then the game slows down a lot more and there's a little bit more urgency to put points on the board. So um, I like the third quarter, uh, but I think the second quarter is also something to to look at again. I like it. So the another interesting uh, thing I just want to talk about, because I, I'm with you that I just see the 49ers scoring first, whether you have them winning or losing, and two interesting odds. And for me, this is the one I'm going to obviously pick because I have them losing. 49ers score first and lose game is plus 350. 49ers score first and win the game is plus 200. I think more interestingly, and it shows that the Chiefs score first, they think the Niners are in trouble just as much as we're saying the other way. If the Chiefs score first and lose the game, it's plus 400. 
and if they score first and win the game, it's plus 200. Which of those do you like? Um, I would say Niners to score first and win because, I mean, I picked the Niners to win, and I think they right. score first. But, um, I mean, there's value on the Chiefs scoring first and losing because you got to trust Andy Reid to manage the game at the end as far as the <laughs> clock goes. <laughs> I mean, I'm – I mean, we've seen I've four seen to one's pretty good there, right? <laughs> I've seen enough of him in clock management. Honestly, I, I pray for the sake of Chiefs fans that the game's not tight because they're going to lose their mind um, at the end of the game because he's just awful at it. Um, yeah, let me get the Niners all the way. I mean, I'm committed to them winning, so I'll, I'll commit to them scoring first and, and also winning. All right, and I'm going to take the score first and lose. And then we'll do one more team prop, and then we're going to get into some individuals. Uh, the total point scored, I want to talk about this because you're talking about hedging. We, we discussed the over-under, and you tell me which you think is the smartest way to play this. I'm going to give you all the odds. So from 0 to 20 points is plus 4,800. 21 to 30 is plus 1,200. 31 to 40 is plus 550. 41 to 50 points is plus 280. 51 to 60 points is plus 250. 61 to 70 is plus 380. And this is the one that, to me, maybe take the under, and if you're wrong, maybe you get lucky. 71 or more points, which would be right around what they're averaging uh, in the playoff, is plus 420. Which of those would you like with the over-under both being minus 110 both ways? That's um... kind of a hedge. The what was the the fifty to to what what was the number on that? So you 50 got fifty one to, to sixty is fifty one to sixty is plus two fifty, sixty one to seventy right, is the plus one? three eighty, and just below that forty one to fifty is plus two eighty. Alright. I would probably take the forty one to fifty. Um which I mean it's it's going to be tricky because there's, there's going to be field goals. And I think somebody is going to kick a field goal at the end to win it. Um, you could be looking at 27, 24, or hell, you could be looking at right. 38, 35. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, right. it's, it's going to be tricky. But, again, like I said, if, if I'm thinking from historical uh, games and things like that, I mean, even the, the Super Bowl that the Patriots and and, um, and Falcons played, it was it was – generally low scoring until the second half. Um I, I I'm gonna stick with the um the forty one to fifty range for right now. Okay. So let's move on to some individual ones. Uh one of the most popular bets every year is the MVP. Uh I gotta give Bill Simmons credit for this. He was talking about I think during the conference title round, Jimmy Garoppolo at that time was like I think nine or ten to one to be the MVP, I think it's nine out of the last 11 MVPs of the Super Bowl have been quarterbacks, so it's no surprise. The top two odds, Mahomes is plus 100, Jimmy G is plus 350, Mozart is plus 700, Damian Williams is plus 1,200, Kittles is plus 1,800, Tyreek Hill is plus 2,000, same for Kelsey, Nick Bosa is plus 1,600, and then you got Samuel at plus 3,000, Sanders plus 6,000. And if there's any guys off the board you want me to mention, I can. But the rest of the guys are, I mean, really long shots. Uh, who do you like in that one? Um, I mean, if the Chiefs win, it's, it's got to be Patrick Mahomes, man. I mean, they're going to score 
seven, eight touchdowns probably. <laughs> I mean, Patrick's such a feature. Uh, I don't think Moser is going to be the one for the Niners. Um, I feel like Kittle's really, like, I feel like he needs to break out uh, for the playoffs, and we haven't featured him much because we've been running the ball so well. And, uh, I mean, as a block, he doesn't get a lot of credit. I think that um, with the idea that we're going to be passing a little bit more, I would look at the the receiving options for the Niners. So Debo Samuels or Emmanuel Sanders or George Kittle or Jimmy Garoppolo um, more so than the running back for us. And then I guess the same would be said um, for the uh, Chiefs. Obviously Patrick Mahomes. Um, But I would say the clear and obvious other choice is Tyreek Hill. Um, And he's at 20-1. Yeah, and Kelsey. Well, I will say this. I don't know. I mean, Kelsey's going to get his – the team is going to get their points. They're going to move the ball. What I noticed against the Chiefs, I mean, against the Titans, is when the the Titans ran zone, they attacked them with with Kelsey. And then when they went man-to-man, they attacked them with Tyree Hill. So we run a lot of – Yeah, no, we run a lot of zones. Uh, I think it's like almost like okay. 54% or something like outrageous. But generally speaking, if if you can get pressure with just four people, why would you why would you run man to man? You don't need to blitz, you know. So right, if you got to get front. They're probably running a lot of zone. Uh, we also have uh, uh, like length in in uh, Richard Sherman and in um, our other corner is is he's not a short guy either. And generally, when you have t- tall defenders on the outside. They tend to run uh, more cover three concepts and things like that. So Kelsey should be a feature if we're going to run a lot of zone. And I anticipate we will. I don't think anybody wants to to voluntarily run man to man with a dude like Tyreek Hill running around. So um, why I don't want to pick Kelsey is just because it's so obvious of a pick. You know, it's just one of those things again. Right. A good defense is going to try to take away your best option. So, I mean, obviously they're not going to go, well, we'd rather you throw to Tyreek Hill than Kelsey, but if they know they run a lot of zone and that Kelsey features a lot in, the, in as a check down for uh, Patrick Mahomes in the zone, I feel like they're going to try to take that read from him. So um, that's so more why I need let me get. Let me get – give me a Chiefs player, a Niners player, and then just one long shot. All right, uh, Patrick Mahomes and Jimmy Garoppolo because people love quarterbacks. Right. And then a long shot a long shot is uh, Debo Samuels. Yep, I like it. Uh, I would go with Garoppolo. I love that pick, especially if you're like me and you're picking the Chiefs because at least if the Niners win, you got the most likely guy to win the MVP on the other side if they end up winning the game. Uh, for the Chiefs, I'm going to go with Tyreek Hill uh, just because Mahomes at plus 100. I know it's more than likely, but Hill is the kind of guy that, you know, he could have some outrageous stat line, breaker record. Uh, and my long shot is Miko Hardman at plus 6,000. Uh, we've seen Super Bowls where, you know, especially a guy that plays both on the offensive side and does a lot of their special team stuff, he could end up returning a kick return for a touchdown and maybe catches a touchdown. There's a way where he could end up having a stat line 
particularly in a close game, if it's lower scoring where you could see it. So that that would be basically my pick from each side. And then, uh, you know, the uh, the basically the long shot. Uh, we better not kick to him. <laughs> that's that, I mean that's the that's the problem with taking someone like him. But uh, as a Georgia fan, it, it was maddening seeing him at UGA for three years, and they did not do a good job of getting him the football. Uh, he is he was literally I tell people he was drafted to be Tariq Hill's replacement when they were worried when all the stuff first came out. Uh, so real quick, here's a funny one that we can do. Who will the Super Bowl MVP thank first? His teammates, plus 125, God, plus 175, coach, plus 800, family, plus 800, owner, plus 1,400, does not thank anyone, plus 400. I'm going to go ahead and take God at plus 175. That's usually the safest bet. Where, where, where are you going with that one? <laughs> I mean, I need the good karma, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say God, too. I, I think that that's usually a pretty safe bet. Uh, all right, some passing props. The uh, where's some of the ones? Okay, so here we go. Jimmy Garoppolo total yard, and we'll do kind of a lightning round here. Total yards of first completion uh, over under six and a half yards. The over is minus one seventy five. The under is plus one thirty five. Which do you like of those two? Um, are they counting yards after the catch? Or is it just in the air? Yes. I believe it's because just, it's completion yards, I, I got to assume that it's whatever the, the total, you know, basically okay. play runs for. All right. I'll do the over then. Because if, okay. if it was just the yards in the air, I could see him throwing like a three, four-yard pass. But then, I mean, Debo Samuels is going to take it an extra five. Same with Emmanuel Sanders. Like, they're, they're good yards after the catch, guys. So, you, you would have to t- – the safe bet over there would be the over – um, unless he dumps it to a a, a running that's, back, but even you literally get the words in my mouth. Unless you know that's yeah, going to be the play, because Kittle's going to yeah, probably even, catch a ball. I mean, nobody wants to tackle him. Nobody. Yeah, I was going to say that they're all good. Like this, this game features some of the best yards after the catch uh, weapons in the league, and that's part of why these teams have been so explosive as far as the points that they get uh, per game, because they get yards after the catch. Obviously, Jimmy ain't got Patty's uh, arm, but, I mean, a lot of Patty's damage isn't necessarily done with the bomb. It's, it's done on a 14-, 15-yard right. pass that's, like, a great design, but then the guy takes it another 40, 50 yards. So, uh, yeah, I would take Speed the Speed everywhere. All right. Yeah. Here's one of my favorites, and I know this will upset you. It's both somebody picking the Niners and a uh, Niners fan. Jimmy Garoppolo, what happens first? Touchdown or interception? Touchdown's minus 235. Interception is plus 185. He's a young guy. It's his first Super Bowl starting. I'm taking that interception at plus 185. Uh, I know it's probably less likely to happen. That's obviously why you get the odds, but I just think that that's a good place where you can get some pretty good odds on something that could happen because I think he will throw an interception at some point in this game. Oh, yeah, no, I – I fully expect him to turn the ball over at least once. <laughs> um, I mean, I would think our first touchdown is going to come on the ground, or, or as many touchdowns as we can get will come on the ground. Um, so I would definitely take my chances with the uh, interception. Okay. So 
Jimmy Garoppolo, total pass completions. The over-under is 18.5. You are actually getting less odds on the over. It's minus 155. The under is plus 120. Which of those two do you like? Uh, what was it again? I'm sorry. I, like you cut out. No, you're good. It's 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 total passing attempts. The over-under is uh-huh. 29.5 for Garoppolo. The over is minus 110. The under, oh, I'm sorry, the under is minus 120. Um, Like I said, I, I really feel like this is going to be a reverse game. Um, and, I, and I can see because the, the way the, the Chiefs really get after people anyway, um, I would take the over here. We're going to have to pass. We're going to have to pass. Okay. It's, it's going so to be either going to be playing from behind or trying to stay ahead. <laughs> Okay, so uh, then we got total passing touchdowns. The over-under is one and a half for Garoppolo. The over is minus 125. The under is minus 105. Uh, um, well, crap. <laughs> I keep getting, like, it keeps cutting out. I'm so sorry. Anybody's listening. To no, you're later, good. Like, it's, I'm sorry. It's, it's over it's over one and a half is minus one twenty five, under minus one and a half is minus one oh five, and that's total passing touchdowns for Jimmy G. Um that that's that's probably the toughest one. Um because again, I like I said, I see his passing more. I just don't know if I see his passing more in the red zone. Um but one and a half is, is literally nothing in, in today's game. Um, I, let's, let's just go with the over, man. Like, like I said, okay. I'm trying to think logically, but if I'm if I'm sticking to the idea that it's going to be a reverse game, then take the over. All right, so let's uh, go to Patrick Mahomes. His first pass. Let's see the ones that I like the most. Okay, here we go. First pass completion versus incompletion. The completion is minus 210. The incompletion is plus 165. I like the incompletion just because I could see them coming out and trying to throw a bomb right out the uh, gate that is unsuccessful, and you're getting the better odds. Which one do you like there? I'll do incompletion. I feel like we're going to try to be aggressive um, even in the zones, and it's no, going to probably that's, come that's to like home, that's, you're, that's Mahomes, right? I'm sorry. I just want to make sure. Yeah. Yeah, no, okay. I, I still Go think I, I can see somebody being, like, really aggressive and trying to get their hand in there. And, again, the attack of the Chiefs is going to start out really vanilla. So, I'm not – I wouldn't even read that much into it. I, I like the incomplete. Okay, so this is interesting just to see the difference in the odds and the guys. So, Mahomes' first yard – or total yards of his first completion – it's seven and a half yards. The over is minus 175. The under is plus 135. You like the over, right? Hmm. Yeah. Still like the over. I think they're going to try to go deep early. Uh, let's see here. So, again, Mahomes, uh, will he throw a touchdown in the first quarter? Because we talked about the slow starts. Uh to uh, not is actually minus 175 to throw a touchdown is plus 140. 
I like that plus one forty, man. I mean, it's Patty. I do too. I, the, the, I do too. Eventually, eventually, we're gonna get we're gonna get beat on on defense. Uh, I mean, it's just too much speed to cover and contain. Um, so I would anticipate it coming uh, through the air. Probably, probably somebody breaking the tackle or something like that, or somebody missing a tackle, and and, and it's just that that one mistake that you make. They're just that explosive that they can they can take it to the house. And that's literally the only quarter, just so you know, that he's getting plus numbers on uh, actually throwing a touchdown pass. It's minus on every other one. So his total passing yards, two ninety nine and a half, which is exactly. Basically, what he's averaging for his career, I think, is 298 or 299. Uh, over mm-hmm. is minus 145. Under is plus 110. Um, I'm going to say under because if they do get ahead, um, they're going to run the ball. I, I really think they're going to um, they're going to try to do the same thing they did with the Titans and, and control the clock and, and methodically move the ball down the field. And uh, I don't think he got as many passing yards, um, which the weather probably played a factor into that as well. But I feel like the the object here is to win the game, and, and if they can do that by controlling the clock and running the ball, they will. I I also love that. I told you I think they're going to run the ball more. And the Niners' defense is really good. 300 yards is not like it's easy uh, to hit, even for somebody like Patrick Mahomes. And like I said, even with all the success he's had, He's basically averaging right at that number uh, for his career, so it's not like he eclipses it every single time he, he plays in a game. Uh, the total uh, passing touchdowns for Mahomes, the number is two and a half. The over is uh, minus 110. The under is minus 120. Which of those do you like? Uh, what was it, two and a half? Yep. Oh, over. Okay. Uh, and then this is one of the ones that I, I saw that was interesting. There's two or more passing touchdowns in any quarter. You're getting plus 300 for Mahomes if he does that in any quarter. And minus five – or no, I'm sorry, it's the other way around. Plus 300 if he uh, does not do it, minus 500 if he does. If he throws – no, I'm sorry. That is that is the other way around. I'm sorry. It's confusing reading it this way. It is plus 300 if he yeah. throws two or more touchdowns in any quarter, minus 500 if he doesn't. Uh, that's another one I'm looking at that I like because they, they score in bunches. Yeah, I mean, you got to take that uh, over. Uh, is two or more? I'm definitely on that. Yeah, I'll take that. Okay. Uh, longest completion is 44 and a half yards for Mahomes. The over is minus 120. The under is minus 110. Longest completion was how many yards? 44 and a half yards. 44 and a half. We shouldn't be giving up the big plays, but again, I kind of anticipate. Play. Yeah, I antici- but I anticipate as like you. We're going to be in the zone, and it's, it's going to get stretched, and the guy can throw 70 yards. So um, I'd take the over there. It's going to happen. Somebody's going to get beat deep at least once. It's just bound to happen. I'd be, I would be extremely shocked if we don't give up at least a 50-yard touchdown or a 50-yard game. Wow. I'll actually like the under there just because, I mean, that's a that's a big play. I know the Chiefs are explosive, but that, I mean, you got to think about it. You're, you're literally – 
on the other side of the football field. Uh, I think you're right, but I just my gut says that the, the chances are it probably does not happen. Uh, let's go to some running back props. Let's go to Mozart, total rush yards. The number is 67.5. The under is plus 130. The over is minus 160. Um, I'm, you got to take the over there. I mean, he's going to get at least 20 carries. And I anticipate that – I mean, he's not Derrick Henry. <laughs> so, uh, he, he's way faster than Henry. Um, and our running offense is way more intricate. Um, I don't know if you guys have, or if you've ever taken a look at some of the stuff that Ronnie posts about the scheme that the Niners run um, on the line. is is very, very running back friendly. Um, which you obviously know that to some degree because um, he ran some of the concepts in Atlanta. So uh, with a guy who's who's got a four three forty, he's I mean he's he's got track speed. I mean he only needs a, a little bit of a lane and he's gonna he's gonna break out. So I definitely expect him to get over that. All right, longest rushing attempt for Mozart. The number is sixteen and a half yards. The over is minus one fifty. The under is plus 120. Yeah, again, I mean, he's he's got the speed, man. You like over, you right? I do too. Yeah. It's just a lot of like juice to eat on a, on a prop. Um, I probably yep, – cause, I mean, we just talked about a prop where there's there's three to one to get Patrick Mahomes two or more touchdowns in a quarter. I'd rather invest in that than in, in spending, you know, all that juice on on a longest game prop, and generally speaking, when you're doing position props, you kind of have to spread them out because, like we found out last week, Tevin Coleman got hurt, and he was kind of a big part of our props or the week before last. Um, you kind of want to do that even for the Super Bowl. I mean, you don't want to invest everything in the in the Moser and he gets hurt, then you're looking kind of silly. So you just kind of want to spread it around just a little. I like it. So. Here's one that I find interesting because it's rush attempts. I really like the over here. Damian Williams, the number's 13 and a half. Both the over and under is minus 115. Which of those do you like? I like the over. Um, I don't think LaShawn McCoy factors into their game plan at all. What about Coleman? How much do you think Coleman plays in this game? Because I was going to go over maybe one of his if you think he's going to play. Uh. I mean, the guy just came from what? It was a, was it a separated shoulder, or right. I forgot what his injury was. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't put any stock into it, man. I mean, he's he's already kind of banged up. It's, it's not worth it. Okay, so then let me ask you. This will be the one prop bet I would ask him. His over under for longest rush attempt is ten and a half. The over is plus one hundred. The under is minus one thirty. I think that if he plays, you take the over just because of who Coleman is. Because if a Falcons fan who watched him for years, I mean, if he gets eight carries, he might get 1.2 yards on the first seven and then 15 uh, on the eighth. What do you think about that? Yeah, yeah. if you're going to play it, um, and if you think he can stay healthy, um, I would take the over. But like I said, I just worry about the health, man. I, I just – I just can't put any stock into a guy that's coming off an injury like that. All right. Let's do two receivers and tell me which one you like better or which of these bets you like the best. We'll go Tyreek Hill and Debo Samuel, total rushing yards, 
for Tyreek Hill, it's five and a half is the over-under. It's minus 115 on both. For Debo Samuel, it's 17 and a half. The over is minus 110. The over, or the under is minus 120. Which of those four do you, would you would you take? You said Tyreek Hill's at five rushing yards? Yeah, five and a half. That's the one I like. I'm taking the over there for my Oh, yeah, man. I would t- they're, they're definitely going to run that uh, little jet sweep with him jet and sweep. stuff. Like, they're, they're yep. going to – yeah, they're going to find a way to get him involved, and and I would definitely take that because if he touches it, he's going to get at least seven. He's so fast. I mean, we, we also feature Debo in our running game um, with the with the – a similar uh, jet sweep and, and reverse play. So um, the 17 is asking a lot. I actually cringe when Debo runs the ball because he's he's kind of loose with it. But um, I mean, if you if you feeling froggish, you could take it because, like I said, he's going to get that play at least three times. Okay, so let's move on to George Kittle's. Uh, you more confident in him scoring a touchdown? or him going over 73-and-a-half yards? Uh, scoring a touchdown. Okay, so the, to score a touchdown is plus 120. To not score is minus 150. I kind of like the under at 73-and-a-half for total receiving yards. It's minus 120 for over and minus 110 for under. I mean, how long has it been since he's had a, a big receiving game? Was it the Saints game? Uh, I think it was the Saints game. I mean, we've been running the ball so well. It's it's not really that's sort of, anything that's against point. him per se. It's just no, no, uh, no. Yeah, just, I, I, mean, I agree. That's why I like that. Yeah, it's not necessary. But um, he's right. he's probably going to feature for sure. All right, uh, Debo Samuel to score a touchdown, plus one fifty five for minus one eighty five against. Which of those do you like? Um, Debo's been pretty solid, man. He's he's going a good. He's had a good playoff. Uh, I would take the the shot at him scoring. He's really physical. I like it. Uh, let's see. Is there any others we want to go through here? Oh, here's the one I know you want to talk about. Your fullback, Kyle, <laughs> and I can't even pronounce it. Jal Zurich. His over under for receiving yards is ten and a half. Yards, the over and under is minus 115. Take the over. <laughs> I like it, too. I actually like the over, too, because they're going to draw up some brilliant play for him. You just know it, right? He's going to get the ball for sure, especially if they're showing attention to Kittles. Like, I mean, he's he's going to help offset that. All right, so I'm going to do some uh, longest yards for some of the Chiefs' big guys because that's or actually let's do because I, I actually like the receptions better so Tyreek Hill five and a half is his over under for receptions the over is plus 100 the under is minus 130 I love that bet too yeah I like the over there he's gonna get he's gonna get um he's gonna get targets man he's got to I don't understand. They're disrespecting him on everything except for the longest reception, which is 28 and a half yards. The over there is minus 135. The under is plus 105. But with the exception of that, they really are not expecting a big game from him with some of these odds. It's kind of well, crazy. Again, we're, we're talking about uh, – um, I, I hesitate to say historic – 
but they're they're up there for for like a, the year that they've had as a defense, it's, especially in the playoffs. I mean, they've been they've had one of the best playoffs as a, as a defensive unit. So it's not really disrespect per se. It's kind of like what I was saying about um, uh, Adams. You know, when he when you were talking about the touchdown and stuff like that. I don't think it's necessarily disrespect in the sense to the player, but more of respect for the unit that they're facing. All right. Let's go real quickly over some defensive stuff, then we're going to get to the Kobe stuff and finish it up. We got Nick Bosa over under sacks. The number's one. Both ways it's minus 120. What do you got? Um, I'll take the over because, I mean, he's bound to get one and then they'll push because Patty holds on to the ball too and he likes to think his legs can get him out of a lot of danger, and generally they do. But I, I, I like our matchup on the, on the edges, so give me Bosa for at least one sack. I like the under. Well, remember it's uh, well, I guess it's a push than the other way. I'm sorry, you're right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, Damian, well, I actually like that too. Damian Wilson total tackles that includes assists five and a half. The over is minus 110. The under is minus 130. Including assists. Um, I'll take that. I'll take the over. Right. He's going to be busy. All right. Same thing for Tyron Matthew. Same number, five and a half. The over is plus 110. The under is minus 140. I'm hoping that we can get this Bama out the way, so I'm going to take the under. <laughs> <laughs> Honey Badger, Honey Badger, to me, he's the key to that defense. You just, you got to get him moving and moving away from the ball. I, I just think he's going to get at least five and a half tackles, especially if y'all run it as much as I think you're going to. Uh, I just think he's going to have a lot of opportunities actually like that. All right, Richard Sherman to intercept the pass. To intercept the pass is plus 375. To not is minus 550. Sheesh. Um, I mean, Sherman's a big game player, man. I'll just take the I'll just take the chance on the on the plus. I like, yeah, he's gonna get targeted. I like the sure. I li- I like the small bet and the same thing. Uh, let's see. All right, so let's do player to score the first touchdown of the game, and and then we'll we'll be done, and we'll move on to Kobe because I mean we've done a lot of props. All right, I'm gonna go through this yeah. list. Tell me who you like, and this is either team. Uh, passing touchdowns do not count. These are all offensive skill position players. So for Emmanuel Sanders, I think he's the only one that's thrown the ball this year out of these guys. Uh, that will not count. Damian Williams is plus 600. Kelsey is plus 680. Hill is plus 680. Mozart is plus 650. Uh, Kittle is plus 1,000. Samuel is plus 1,200. Same for Emmanuel Samuel, uh, Sanders. Tevin Coleman. Uh, Breda for the running back for the Niners is plus 1600. Watkins is plus 1600. Uh, and then you got some long shots like Hardman plus 2000, Robinson plus 2500. Uh, your boy, the, the fullback, Juzek plus 3300. And then the two interesting ones I like just because of if they run a touchdown, Mahomes is plus 2300, Garoppolo is plus 5000. Um, I like Williams on the Chiefs for the first touchdown and then Kittles on the Niners for the first touchdown. All right. I'm going to go with uh, Kelsey 
on the Chiefs, and for the Niners, I'm going to go with Debo. Uh, okay. So we'll continue to post some stuff uh, on the page when it comes to the Super Bowl. I'll actually probably do a breakdown of our picks that we'll put up actually the Sunday of the game, uh, maybe include some different ones that we uh, didn't go over or either our best bets. Uh, but I do want to end the podcast uh talking about the death of Lakers legend Kobe Bryant on Sunday. Uh, I'm going to start, and then I'll let you finish. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and be straight up. Kobe Bryant was one of the three, and I'm still missing one other player that it's going to happen in my lifetime, of basically all-time greats that I just couldn't stand. And they're on my Mount Rushmore of all-time great players that I couldn't stand. And then some at some point, and all of it's been late in their career, I flipped. And there was a moment for them when I changed. The other two were Peyton Manning and Phil Mickelson. Uh, Mickelson won the British Open. That was at a time that I I just didn't think uh, that he was ever going to win a U.S. Open or British Open because it's uh, not just a scoring fest. It's where you got to think, you get their strategy. you got to actually really play the game of golf to win. And when he won that, it kind of opened my eyes to him. For Peyton Manning, it was just him coming back from all the neck surgeries and then the level that he played that I think was his first year with the Broncos. And for Kobe, I was that guy that gave all the credit to Shaq. Uh, And I looked at his performances after the, you know, immediately after Shaq was traded, they missed the playoffs. I think it was either one or two seasons. They were ousted in the first round, I believe, twice. And ironically enough, when they lost to the Celtics in that first NBA Finals without Shaq, I'm telling everybody, I told you so, this guy can't do it. And just to see him day in and day out and then come back and win back-to-back Finals when I still will say that that Lakers roster was really good, but definitely not compared to to other rosters that have won titles in the last 15, 20 years, especially not when you look at who that B alpha player is uh, in today's NBA. And then it's just so funny that basically his final year during his farewell and then what I've seen in the past three years since he's retired, I just basically gained more respect for the man every single day because every day I would either see – you know, him working with a young player in the NBA that you would not expect, like my guy Trey Young from Atlanta. Like, I I was shocked to see that they have this relationship, and he's actually had him out there, and and he's trying to teach him how to win and play the game. Uh, I love all the the photos and videos with his daughter, which is what makes it so tragic, and how much he just loved watching her play basketball and how he had said numerous times that, even though he had not had a boy, he was getting to live his basketball dreams again through his daughter. And it actually got the love and the game back, you know, in his heart from watching her play and how much she loved it. Uh, and that's the only thing I take solace in what happened Sunday and the tragedy is at least uh, his young daughter, who you know, tragically is 13 years old, was at least with her dad and her hero when that unspeakable thing happened. And... I I don't think you can ignore the fact that, you know, you had the rape charges and stuff when he was younger. 
but I truly believe in people improving uh, and becoming better versions of themselves. And I also truly believe that we all make mistakes, and we should not judge somebody on a mistake they made, no matter how bad it is. And I mean no matter how bad it is, you judge them on how they basically behave moving forward, how they improve as a human being, and I think he did those things. And, I mean, you can forget the fact that he's definitely a top 15 NBA player of all time. He's won five titles. He'll probably be the last player to win five titles for quite some time when we look at guys like LeBron, KD, Steph, we're getting to, you know, three, two. I mean, another two titles is not easy to get to. Uh, And he just – I didn't know how much of a legend he was to all the other players, to the city of Los Angeles, and really to the world until, sadly, he passed away on Sunday. And I'm really going to miss him, and more than anything, I'm just going to miss the fact that we're not going to get to see what the end of his second act is. And as great of his his career was, I actually think the second act of Kobe Bryant was going to be more impressive as a man than his first half, and for that, I'm truly sad, and I'm going to miss him. Yeah, um, I think the biggest tragedy in Kobe's career was uh, his stint as a rapper. Um, so I just want to get that joke out of the way. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, um, I mean, Kobe Bryant, it, it is unfortunate that I don't think any of us foresaw that he was the last of a dying breed. Um, and then he was the last one to to basically tell you to F off if you can't beat him. Um, like, he just wanted to compete. Um, he, he loved the game at 100% all the time. Uh, he, was, he was tough as hell, man, um, mentally uh, tough as hell, and then physically tough as hell. I mean, he, again, the, the – free throw with the with the ruptured Achilles and things like that. Like I mean he's just he's just he just personified uh what you want out of an alpha male on the court. And um I say he's the last of a dying breed because if you think about it, if you look at at the people that miss him now, the the, the old school players what they say about him, the new school players what they say about him. I mean Kobe bridged the gap. He bridged the gap between the nineties and um, what we have as modern basketball right now. I mean, he's probably one of the few people that gets just as much love from a Jordan as he would a LeBron, you know? Um, So um, it's, it's something that I think needs to be taken into consideration Uh, in regards to the rate charge and and the, and the situation uh, that took place. I don't think in a time like this, not, I don't think it does anything to mention it. Um, and I, I think agree. a lot of people are just looking for something to talk about. And in this day and age, they just love to drag you down, drag you down, drag you down. Kobe atoned for that. To, to, I mean, he, he atoned for it. I mean, he, he went to he went to trial. Um, I think they settled. Um, I want to say they settled. And it's not like he had any contact. He never bad-mouthed the chick in, in, in public after that. Like, honestly, nobody's ever mentioned the rape charge since then, basically. And some of that is due to his status. Uh, but, it, it, I mean, he atoned for that. He he fixed his marriage. He made up with his wife about it. He, he 
accepted responsibility, maybe not in the way that people wanted him to accept it, but he did. And, and I mean, the guy ended up with four daughters, and, and he had to look at yep. them every day, uh, which and, – and, and kind of – I'm pretty sure at some point in his life – he he thought about what he did and and thought about you know if if that was his daughter how would he feel and and I would like to think that that's when he started definitely living uh, a better life. Um, I think Kobe on the court, um, if he played with them, his expectations were high. He was a perfectionist. He was a hard worker, and I think one of the things that people um, fail to realize is that. He he was just he was old school man like I don't know what old school means to to everybody but to me Kobe personified what I seen in my grandfather like my grandfather was the type of person like if you were not gonna work hard he had nothing to do with you he he just didn't respect right. you as a man he didn't want you around he probably curse you out till you get out of his face and things <laughs> like that but if you showed effort if you showed effort and the will to improve and wanted to break a sweat alongside him and actually be of use, then he loved you to death. He'd do anything for you. And I think if you look at the people that Kobe helped out, those are the people that he generally, that we generally consider hard workers and successful. Yep. I mean, look what he did with Kawhi. You know, he, he, he uh, had kind words and, and helped out um, Trey. He helped out Tatum. He's helped out uh, – I mean, the list goes on. I mean, I'm sure he's worked out with uh, LeBron as well. But, but I mean, he he gave back so much to the game. And, and I think at the end of the day, the the, the real tragedy, and, I, and I'll continue to say this uh, for as long as I live, basketball suffered a loss when Kobe Bryant died because he was a true ambassador to the sport. For the women, for the men, for the kids, for the tall, for the short, it didn't matter. It didn't matter what you looked like. If you could ball, you had Kobe's respect. He supported that. And um, I I like that LeBron said that he was going to carry that moniker because LeBron also kind of personifies that in the sense that he supports basketball. He supports it in other yeah. countries. He supports it at, at the prep level. He supports the women. Um, but LeBron's not the Mamba man. He don't have the Mamba mentality. He's too nice, and and I and I'm gonna miss that the most. Uh, and and we just don't have a Kobe anymore. We don't have somebody like that anymore. Um, and and it's it's sad, man. It really is. And and Gigi was his heart, yo. Um, I mean, like I, I got posted, you know, it made me feel like I really lost a family member. Um, I tried not to think about the last moments, and and maybe. Maybe he didn't know what was going on because it was foggy and they couldn't really see. Maybe, maybe, hopefully, it just went. They went peacefully and quickly, you know. Um, but like his daughter's there, he's trying to do the right thing. He, he's loving her and 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 you know they're trying to like support her basketball career. And he used to be so hyped to talk about her and he's so hyped on the sidelines and stuff. It just, it just honestly, Kobe made me feel like it was cool to have a girl. I'm, I'm put it out there. I didn't want a daughter. Um, I got a goddaughter. I love her to death, but I didn't want a daughter because I feel like you could do more with boys. But I mean, Kobe Bryant has four girls, and, and Kobe, Kobe like made it seem cool. You just wouldn't expect that from such a macho person. But like, he never, he never bottled them 
in the sense that these are they're girls, they can't do that. I got like you could tell by the way he treated them, the way he talked to them, um, they were always equals to him and, and the way he gave back to um the women's basketball games, the way he respected them as ballers, um, you could tell it was it was a mutual like infatuation, like it was genuine. And I got into WNBA as a gambler, but I started respecting the athletes as well in regards to what the women do and, and their style of play, primarily because of Kobe Bryant. And a lot of times in the group, when I would have arguments with people about uh, the, the female game, I used Kobe as an example because he, he was courtside. He was courtside at the UConn games. He was helping uh, Diana Taurasi, man. Like, he, he was always in the locker rooms giving pointers. He'd be in Vegas at the Aces games and, and, and talking to uh, to the ladies out there. Like, I mean, Candace Parker at L.A., like, they, it was just – he made it such a, a fraternity uh, for basketball. And, and to have Kobe's admiration was to literally have the, the – the world in the palm of your hand. Like if you could get Kobe Bryant to acknowledge you, I mean, we're talking about a guy who told Smush Parker not to talk to him. Don't even look at him. But if you could get Kobe to, to, to say that dude can ball, like you was really doing something, you know? And um, I, I mean, I don't know if you could put into words what he, what he really meant to the game, uh, what he meant to a lot of us. I mean, like, this is like, we grew up watching this dude, man. And, and it's sad. It's like our hero. Like, I could never envision Jordan dying. I can't envision a world without Michael Jordan. And in the same breath, I can't envision a world without Kobe Bryant. Um, so it, it's very unfortunate. It's very tragic. Um, and I know people are like, well, other people died in, in the crash too. And, and that's unfortunate too. But they're, I mean, let's be honest, they're not Kobe Bryant. So of course, of course, Kobe's going to get more exposure. And uh, it, it, is, it is not to, to say that their lives didn't matter, but I mean, from from the sports world, like in our society, sports is everything. It really is. These people are larger than life. Um, and Kobe Bryant conquered L.A. and conquered the NBA for years and years and years. And, and he had such a wide range of influences. It's hard to downplay that. So um, it's sad, man. I, I don't like what I was reading um, about the, the helicopter and, and the way it was set up. It, it's it's is looking like a, a true tragedy, man. Uh, something that could have been prevented that, as well. That, as somebody who, uh, I, my dad has a friend who had bukus of money growing up. When I found out mm-hmm. that the pilot was basically with him for years, I mean, he's been flying him since the finals. Last time he was in the finals, uh, the pilot didn't make that decision. I can promise you that it was probably Kobe, who, and now he may have asked him, do you think we'll be okay? Uh, and maybe he should have been more honest with him. We'll never know. But I can promise yeah. you that at the end of the day, the person who is paying the bills there, and with him being somebody who flew him all the time, Kobe was the one that basically made that decision that they were going to go even with, you know, the visibility and issues like that. And, and it's it's just, it's, Either way, it's it's tragic. And one cool Kobe story I heard, I don't know how much you've listened to or read in the last couple of days, but uh, Phil Jackson apparently in the second run finally was able to communicate to Kobe. And this kind of gets to your, like, his hard work and just being that lunch pail guy that's going to show up. He had to explain to him that, like, Kobe, you're 10. 
and somebody else's 10 are not equal. So your 10 is what you view as a 10. But this guy, you're probably thinking he's working at a 6 or 7, and the reality is he's working at a 10. And it's the fact that you can work that much harder, that's like your superpower. And in Phil's book, he really did go into detail that in that second kind of dynasty run where they went to three straight finals, won the two, that that was sort of how he's finally able to communicate to Kobe that, you know, really try to get to know the person, understand everybody has limits, and you're just a freak of nature, and not everybody else can be on that level. And in that sense, he said he really saw a difference in the way Kobe treated people, not only in basketball, but just in life after that. Uh, And then the only other thing I want to say on this is I really believe in the last – 60 years, there's been three deaths that people are going to remember where they're at, what they were doing, and it's JFK. I've heard my parents speak many times when they were kids about the day JFK died. I'm sure if you talk to an adult, they can tell you exactly where they were, what they were doing. John Lennon in the early 80s, who was obviously very similar to Kobe, somebody who grew up in the spotlight. Everybody knew the Beatles. They, They were bigger than anything. And then I believe Kobe Bryant. I think that people in, in 10, 20 years, and this was really when I, you know, understood how important Kobe is, not just to the game of basketball, but just the world and how much of an icon he is, was just how much it affected people. And I mean, again, it affected me. And I'm somebody who really was not a Kobe fan uh, in any sense of the word until maybe 10 years ago. Uh, And It just, I think it's something that people are going to remember forever. And for the NBA part, it's really sad that he is the first guy in the top 50 players of all time uh, and really the first superstar in the NBA ever to pass away before they were in their 60s. And that's kind of mind-boggling when you think about it. And, again, it just gets to how much of a tragedy it is and how much more life he had to give when you think of people like Bill Russell Larry Bird, you know, Magic Johnson, the stuff that they do on the second half of their career, which is in a lot of ways just as important as what they did on the first half. Uh, I was really interested to see what he was going to do. Is there anything else you want to say on yeah. before we close this thing up? Yeah. Um, I mean, honestly, like, I don't think you can eulogize greatness, man. Um, <laughs> it, I mean, I, we tried to do this, <laughs> but uh, – Kobe means a lot to people, yo. Um, I I don't really get um, caught up in celebrity deaths, but Kobe Kobe's hurt me a little, man. Like I remember thinking it was fake, and 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 yep, reaching out to people out out that way to get confirmation, and and just like being depressed. I had to take my son to a, a bounce house after that. And I mean, honestly, he was the only thing that was keeping me distracted from literally just sitting on my couch and being sad. Because <laughs> uh, I, I just, it sucked, man. Um, but I mean, Kobe would have wanted people to 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 work hard, continue to work hard. I mean, he was real big on working hard and um, do what you love. I think that's yeah. I think and I think that's something that we all could could really take with us in life and. Um, and then you know, obviously, how fragile life is. Because one day you're gone, and 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 if you haven't really lived your life to the max, you're gonna have regrets. And and I don't think Kobe had many regrets. So, um, I, I obviously wish the best for his family moving forward, man. And and I, 
can't wait to see how people continue to honor him and and his memory uh, on the game of basketball. And I think it also needs to be said, and it was something I actually posted on the group page, is not just the live life to the fullest, but let go of petty grudges, man. Don't be so mean to people. Uh, it just it, it reminds you when something like this happens that you, you don't know when somebody's going to go, whether you're a fan of them or not. And, I mean, really, do you really want your last conversation with anybody in your life to be over, you know, an argument over something petty or, you know, worrying that they didn't know exactly how you feel about people. And that's something that, I mean, all you had to do is watch Kobe with his daughters at, uh, you know, any of the games or any of the video packages I've seen of him with his girls, uh, just the joy and, you know, love that you could literally see in him. And, and it's really something that, uh, I mean, it's corny as hell, but it's true that the world would be a lot better place if everybody was just nicer to each other. And uh, there's definitely something to be said that I think his legacy is going to be. I, I saw a quote the other day he had that uh, as long as you're doing what you love and working as hard as you can at it, that's happiness. Uh, and I, I think that's definitely true. So uh, we're going to miss him. And uh, I'm ready for the Super Bowl. I think it will hopefully be a good game, get people's mind off of it, and we can get back to – uh, semi-normal, and but hopefully not be quite so difficult. And uh, for the people on the internet, don't don't take this opportunity, like you were saying at the beginning, with the rape charges and stuff. There's plenty of time for those conversations. But when you have a mother and kids that are mourning the loss of a husband and father, uh, that time is not right now. Like I'm sorry, it's just yeah. not. You're you're the you're the asshole. Like you're the asshole in this situation. A month down the line, you want to have that conversation. Absolutely, but to do it right when it happens, it's just, I just think it's wrong, uh, and there's very few times I think something's black or white, and it's like, right or wrong, this is, this is, this is right or wrong, like, it's, it's wrong, uh, so just, you know, keep your mouth shut if you don't have anything nice to say when people are grieving, but, uh, so you're going to go with the Niners, I'm going with the Chiefs, uh, I'm looking forward to a really good game. And uh, we'll be back next week with another edition of the Backdoor Cover, sponsored by my bookie. If you haven't yet, tell them, man, go place a bet on my bookie this weekend. There's a million of them. We went over a good bit of them. And the IB Sports uh, promo code. You know what that promo code gets you, Alan? Uh, it gets you, I want to say it gets you um, most of your deposit back. In, in the form of a free play. And then, I, I mean, like my book money. is really, yeah, my book is really good with uh, customer service as well. Um, I love their online casino as well, even though I don't recommend it for people who don't like losing money, because you will at some point. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> if, you, if you got the bankroll. Go to a real casino, like very, it's the same deal. Yeah. Yeah. Now, real casino is much better, but. If you're like me, you got to scratch that itch before you can get to the real casino. Um, I love it. Um, I love everything about them. Uh, they're really easy to do deposits with. And um, if you join the All-Star group and, and you sign up, you can get some of my free plays. Uh, we are currently at 50 par- 55% on uh, NBA uh, spread plays. Everything's against the spread, so um, it's probably the most difficult thing you can do. But uh, I'm at 55% right now, tenant. 10 and 8. Um, if you count the 
Uh, other two wins that I had um, on the podcast last week, I would probably be at 60%. But I generally try to stay 60%, which is what the pros do. Um, I started this NBA play per day uh, a couple weeks ago. And, and like I said, I've, I've been pretty consistent. Um, and, it, and it's sitting at 10 and 8. We got a couple days left. If we win out the rest of the month, we'll be at 60% which means that people will be making some form of profit. And these are all free plays that I give out. And I did give Mark Leishman last week. It's one of the guys I really like yeah. at 50 to 1 uh, to win that the tournament. So uh, <laughs> we, we know what we're talking about. I'm just saying, like, between me and you, I think we've now picked, like, 15 winners uh, in just the last nine months. That's pretty good. Uh, so we'll definitely get back to talking golf. We'll be talking NBA, but – this week was all about the Super Bowl, and then we did want to spend some time talking about Kobe Bryant and his legacy. Uh, and this has been another edition of the Backdoor Cover for myself and IB Jesus, a.k.a. Actively Lazy, a.k.a. Allen. Uh, we will see you next week. We're out.